0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Sons of Sequoia podcast, broadcasting live from Wheat Ridge, Colorado, the home of the champions. Today is Friday, August 6th, and we're going to be discussing a report published by the Pew Research Center uh, at the beginning of 2020 about news on YouTube. How are you this morning? You are muted.
1: I always do that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, But I'm doing well. It's a beautiful day in Colorado, and I'm looking forward to this. This is a little... This is our uh, third installment this week. Uh, And we did look at uh, different types of YouTube, uh, either videos or YouTube reporting. And today we're looking at a YouTube uh, research report Mm -hmm. and data on who uses YouTube. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yes. Now, I will say before we get into this discussion that on Monday we covered CoffeeZilla. That was a very bad episode. I was not feeling well. But then, um, so don't, if you want to go back in the archives, that's not one to look up. But then we covered... Andrew Callahan and Channel 5 on Wednesday. I think that was a much better episode. And according to the Pew Research Center's criteria, their methodology, I don't think that Andrew Callahan, Channel 5, which is probably my favorite independent journalist on YouTube, would qualify as one of their journalists. Because he does videos where he goes to Marin County and looks at these two twins, or he goes to a pickup artist convention. And I don't think the Pew Research Center would classify that as news. Do you see what I'm saying?
1: Oh, absolutely. And uh, even after we talked about, we read it and talked about it before the cast broadcast, uh, we keep talking about it. and it says uh, the what we talked about on Wednesday and andrew callahan was was extremely interesting, and we kept talking about that. And I think what we'll t- discuss today, and what I plan on t- talking about, I can't wait for it's going to be exciting. To me, it is anyway. Is uh, news journalism reporting? What does that mean? Mm-hmm. And how many? How many different ways can it be done? And uh, what? What? What type of news have we been listening to?
0: Yes. Um. So if we jump into the report, I think that I'm a little bit off from you because I said we were going to focus on number two, but yeah. I'm going to flip the script. I'm going to go to the beginning of this. Um,
1: number one?
0: You're going to go to number one? I'm going to go to number one. I was looking at number one.
1: I was looking at that. Let's start with that.
0: Okay. The methodology. And, oh, I wasn't looking at methodology. This is uh Oh, I, I mean, <laughs> do you see where I'm at? No. Uh, you know, Oh, I haven't shared my screen with you. There we go. Um, so this is where the, the meat of the report gets. This is after the methodology. But I guess the methodology is not a bad thing to look at as well, right?
1: Well, you start there to see what that's the data. That's the data and the biases mm-hmm. and the, and the, and the data you're looking at, the biases that you have, and okay. there's many of them. There's I many mean, biases the funny data.
0: thing is, we could make a whole episode criticizing the specific methodology of this research, and I don't want to criticize Pew Research too much. We have uh, five authors. One, two, three, four, five, yeah. Galen Stocking, Patrick Van Kessel, Michael Barthel, Katarina Ava Matza, and Maya Kuzam. They did a thorough job with this, and they used a lot of um, methods at their disposal. Now, <clears throat> one of my gripes with this is the robust nature of data acquisition that occurs when you study something online, very little of that was used. So if you look they they surveyed twelve thousand six hundred thirty eight adults and they were the mem- they were all members of Pew Research American Trends Panel, an online survey panel recruited through national, Random sampling of residential addresses. Now, they did a lot of qualitative uh, questioning of the participants. Like, would you say you watch YouTube a little, Uh, you know, an average amount or often? And they would choose, they would self-report their YouTube usage and I see that as problematic because when people self-report, they lie or they're mistaken. I, I think that with digital means at their disposal, and now people wouldn't allow this, but they'd say, oh, let me install an app on my phone and my computer, and you can see my screen time on YouTube. And you can see the videos that I've watched. That, that would give you so much more robust data. So it says, you said often, but you watched it over the course of this month 11 hours. This guy that says he doesn't watch it very much, watch it 45 hours. You know, uh, if you, uh, you could, you could get to that level of granularity, couldn't you?
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, if you ask a teenager, do they really use their phone that much? And they'll say, no, not that much. You ask a grandparent, do you use your phone that much? You say no not that much and the different amount of hours on the phone is significantly different uh-huh. <laughs> but they're going to answer the same answer so it really depends on the basis of measurement uh, and I, actually I want to get back to what you said you know I don't want to criticize the peer research statistics uh, at all uh, because I, I don't think I think it's easy to it, it's extremely difficult actually because in my area this is my area uh, I'll just say it is impossible to get a purely random sample to pull out statistical inferences without any biases. It's hmm. impossible. And so that's not the issue. I think the issue is understanding the biases and interpreting what you have uh, uh, in light of those biases. And just like what you're saying is like, what's your basis of measurement? There's going to be some error in there. There's going to be some variability due to that. And I think uh, it's not uh, how much error there is; it's that recognizing the error, and then the interpretation has to be relative uh, to what you're looking at. Mm-hmm. And I think I think uh, I think they did they did a pretty good job of that. Uh, I think they did a real good job of that. But the viewer that reads it and the way it's used, that's always been a problem. And yes. the pure research scientists, they they know what they're doing and. And they are saying it correctly, but someone who doesn't understand it that well, like like in politics or business or the social uh, uh, news outlet, they'll take those statements and they'll spin them in a way that they were not meant to. to they're not meant that way at all.
0: Yes, and I see that uh, the Pew Research they've done a couple of things, like independent reporters are more likely to report on conspiracy theories. That sort of seems to have a slant. Now. But they're not sort of saying they're reporting on them. They're boosting the signal. They're amplifying them. They're supporting them. They're just saying they are reporting on them. And I think when we get into what they found in their findings, a lot of people looking at this say, yeah, so? like, Or reality is often disappointing, I guess is what I'm saying. If you do <laughs> the work, and oh, I'm going to put up the content analysis as well. I okay. looked at 17,000 channels. And they used a script to visit 145 channels. They narrowed it down to 377 channels, each with at least 100,000 subscribers. Um, And then they watched the videos of those 377 channels. And a team of trained human coders watched the first 10 minutes or the full video of shorter than 10 minutes of 3,000 total videos published in December 2019. They analyzed the topic, the primary person or group focused on, and the tone, positive, negative, clear, and more. Um, so that's the, in a nutshell, methodology. I will say, and I told you this last night, why would you use subscribers? Um, <laughs> I mean, that's its just one easy way to sort of differentiate groups. But you can watch without subscribing and you could subscribe without watching. And why wouldn't you use mean views? Um, That might be a better indication of how popular the channel is now. If some guy was just killing it with views um, during the Obama era, and during the Trump era he's fallen off, and he's getting 5,000 views a video, but he used to get 100,000 views a video but he has 100,000 subscribers, he's in that milieu that you've chosen. And so it doesn't really, or subscribers doesn't really award recency of your content. Um, So it's an interesting choice.
1: Well, getting back to what I said before, is that recognizing that then, uh, you have to interpret the results relative to, these are subscribers. And so what type of
0: population are you really identifying? But, no, the, the subscribers were used to choose the channels. The, That's right. But the data from the participants was a random sampling from their American Trends panel. You see what I'm oh, saying?
1: Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Um, so there's the the participants that are the watchers are different than how the methodology they yo- used to choose which channels they chose which was they did it based on 100,000 subscribers. Also last night I said to you, there's a huge difference between a conspiracy theory channel with some nut job and he has 100,000 subscribers and CNN or Fox News that has 5 million. And what they did was they took 100,000 subscribers was the baseline. So if you had 101,000 subscribers and you were pumping out content – you were treated as an undifferentiated mass from larger creators with much larger followings, an order of magnitude larger.
1: Yep. Yep. Well, you're, you're getting into uh, survey design and population identification and that's, it's always been a problem in statistical sampling mm-hmm. and uh, it'll never go away. It'll always, it's a problem, in the past, present, future. But again, uh, just let's just recognize that mm-hmm. and try to interpret this in light of uh, what real content uh, uh, and also the the trained coders that are looking at this. There's going to be variability there. Uh, there's going to be bias and variability uh, there. There's going to be bias and variability in the content that they're looking at. Uh, I mean, it's a lot of sources. Okay. Uh so therefore, it's not that we just ignore this data. It's you have to be careful how you interpret the data. Mm-hmm. Again, I'll get back to that.
0: And I will say, and this is, this is my own personal failing, I'm looking at a lot of the results that are pulled out of this, and there's no real big headline result, I don't think. It's all according to Hoyle. But then I'm also looking at things that I wish they would have done. And I think instead of thinking about what I wish they would have done, I should just appreciate what they have done, right?
1: <laughs> oh, David, I think you should do both.
0: Okay. Well, should we get into some of the results and sort of start discussing them? Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. A quarter of U.S. adults get news from YouTube. Um, I think that seems low to me, but I get my news from YouTube, so <laughs> so uh, there's a bias there for me. Um. So this is. Number, I'm a a number, number two? I'm on number one, I believe. Do you want me okay. to put the? I'll put the link in chat so that you can have it. Um, this is where exactly where I am. Okay. And then if you could, if you could close yours. No, I'm good. Never mind. Um, Thank you. So here we are. And the first graph. It's a pie chart. Um, now what would you call this chart the, the the most important way an important way but not the most important way
1: oh that's just a percentage bar chart with the different different uh, uh, identifying the different percentages Okay. I mean when you have a multi- multiple categories it'd be a, just a percentage bar chart
0: mm-hmm. okay so a quarter of adults get their news from YouTube do you how do you feel about that number? Does that surprise you at all? Um.
1: Yes, I I would expect that to be much much more.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And because uh, I I think everyone, well, I know I watch I look at YouTube quite a bit. Well, it says news, you know. Mm-hmm. There again, do you get do, you get, do you get my news from YouTube? Not really. Uh, I get it from social media from. Uh, different news channels but not necessarily youtube i will i will go back and look at youtube but then that's just me
0: see i get my news a lot a lot of my news from youtube i would say youtube colorado public radio shout out to colorado public radio and then long form news would be you know foreign affairs more um but i may watch cnn but it'll be on youtube I may watch Fox News or MSNBC, but those will be on YouTube. I may watch independent news creators, but they're on YouTube. I sort of see YouTube as a source for news um, and perhaps the most important source other than Colorado Public Radio that I use because I listen to Colorado Public Radio in my car. So those are my two main sources for news. And I would say for me, I'd be in the 13% of the 26% that YouTube is probably the most important way that I get the news. And And,
1: and also also I wonder if, uh, uh, first of all, uh, what do they mean by news? Uh, second, can you distribute this demographically over ages? Uh, and and uh, another way is saying, uh, uh, how do they how, how do they define news? Let's go back to how do how do you define news? Mm-hmm. What do you listen to? And I think when you have opinions, people call that news. Yeah, I, don't, I, I would I wouldn't call that news. I think
0: they are calling that news in this. Um.
1: Yeah, see, I wouldn't call that news. That's just someone's opinion.
0: Now, there's also like YouTube channels that I've seen that they report on other YouTube channels. Uh, there's a channel called Drama Alert with Keemstar. And he says, let's get right into the news. We have so much news today. This YouTuber did this. This TikToker did that. This." So it's um, sort of like entertainment news, but on YouTube is that news.
1: I wouldn't call I wouldn't call that news there again, people <laughs> will define news differently That's not news It's
0: that's gossip that
1: guy. that's gossip. That's what mm-hmm. the guy someone else said. Someone else said, no, go to the store. I think Andrew Callahan is news,
0: but some people would say I wouldn't call that news news they wouldn't, they wouldn't call it news. News is when you have three people that have no idea what they're talking about sitting around <laughs> in suits in a studio arguing with each other.
1: And that's news that's right. That's what people call news. Thank you, David. <laughs> <laughs> and Andrew Callahan, he goes to the people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If it's a Q, he went to a QAnon, QAnon uh, conference, mm-hmm. and he says, "What do you believe?" And he lets them tell him what they believe. Uh, anyway, I learned a lot, so much from his, so much from what's going on, uh, from the the horse's mouth, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I would say that's news. But like you said, <laughs> a bunch of suits arguing back and forth about. Uh,
0: Something they don't know anything about. Yeah. Um, so continuing, we'll we'll never get through this whole study, but um, no. YouTube but channels are a mix of independent and news organizations. And then yeah. other organizations, I see that sort of more like trade publications. Like if you're, I don't know, a news adjacent or like the Pew Research Center, they're not a news organization, but they have a YouTube channel and they publish videos, if that makes sense. Um,
1: now, would the other organizations be like uh, uh, technical journal articles uh, that publish or journal articles that are uh, vetted, that are researched, that are peer-reviewed?
0: I would doubt that any journal that's a technical journal that's vetted, researched, and peer-reviewed has over 100,000 subscribers on YouTube.
1: Oh, good point.
0: So I would say probably not. But if they did, it there. It could, yeah. Um, now this, this was a big takeaway where, where is the top here? Oh, um, people are, that often get their news, the news outlets and independent channels are the same. Now that's a self-report though, right? Do you Mm -hmm. get your news sometimes from YouTube or do you get your news often from YouTube? That's, there's no real qualitative measure of that. You're just asking the people that you... Poll to sort of put a judgment on something that's not that could be quantitative. If you were able to see their viewing activity, you could say people that watch more than 10 hours of news a week are more likely to favor independent channels, but instead they say, Do you watch it sometimes, hardly, or often? And that's less, you get less information that way. Um, Just under half YouTube news channels are oriented around a specific personality um, this is my question and it's not answered I actually read through the report so this is like if you're a youtuber like Philip DeFranco he, I think I've showed you some of his videos he's the guy that reads the news really fast and he say I couldn't understand what he's saying I think that format works on YouTube because people are trying to absorb as much information as possible as fast as possible so 15% are a public figure that was big before they came to YouTube. And they took their following to YouTube. 29% is organically on YouTube. And then they say 56% is not personality-driven. This is my question. Um, Fox News. I'm sure that Fox News, Hannity and Tucker Carlson are the majority of the viewed clips. But they would say Fox News has... 20 anchors, so they're not personality-driven. Whereas, in some respect, they definitely are. And the the clips that put up the numbers would be personality-driven. People want to see what Tucker has to say. Um, Same thing with MSNBC. It would be Maddow, perhaps more than some of the other people on MSNBC. And so, you could say they're not personality-driven because they have a network and a whole host of personalities. But I think that the anchor person does... Sort of become a personality on YouTube.
1: Yep, it's a very good point, and I agree with you.
0: So I find I that with you. I find that problematic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess what they're saying is, is the channel based around a single personality? That's their criteria. On.
1: Yeah, um, they're looking at, at channel popularity.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think about tech YouTubers that sort of do the tech news and the latest gadgets. I think of Linus Tech Tips versus MKBHD. Those are two of the largest tech channels. MKBHD is Marquez Brownlee, and he's the host of every single video on that channel. Now, Linus Tech Tips, that's Linus Sebastian, but he probably hosts 20% of the videos on the channel, and the other 80% are hosted by other people on his staff. So is that a personality-driven YouTube channel still? I mean... I feel like it is because you get to know the people on a staff and you say, oh, so-and-so is hosting this video. Oh, so-and-so is hosting this video. Um, but I think according to their methodology, it wouldn't be right because there's multiple personalities.
1: Probably. That's true. But on the other hand, they're just looking at, uh, uh what, what this me- what they're looking at is just trying to categorize from the, the viewers and the coders, uh, uh, is there a public figure or is there a youtuber that got popular with it and so i think that uh, when you're looking at uh, youtube news uh, what they're doing is like the origination of it not necessarily the delivery of it like how did how did they come about how did they get th- this is more valuable on to me it's more valuable on uh, how did these channels get get uh, uh created Uh, then how do they survive? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because they've grown up to this that way. This is where they came from. And uh, it's not really talking that much about how they deliver the news.
0: No. I mean, but it gets into it a little bit. Now, this is what their viewers from their random sample see as the problems on YouTube. And limiting ad revenue for video creators, that seems like a large problem for people. That surprised me. I felt like the average viewer wouldn't really care if a YouTuber gets demonetized. Um, So I'm surprised that that's uh, on people's radar. Now, misinformation is second listed. This is sort of like a China versus U.S. uh, thing in the Olympics, where China lists total gold medals and U.S. lists total medals. And China says, we have more. And U.S. says, we have more. Is misinformation more or less of a problem? It seems like this should be first, right? Because more people <laughs> see misinformation as a problem. Doesn't this sort of look like a Pareto chart? But they've chosen limiting ad revenues probably because it's 30.5% as opposed to like 30.1% or something. Do you see what I'm saying? They chose uh-huh. they chose the very big problem as the, the stacking point.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, so misinformation. I'm surprised... That to,
1: to me, the top two are the same, okay. Uh, even the, even the top four are very, very close to one another.
0: I, I think misinformation the fascinating thing is, so many people see it as a problem.
1: Um, yeah, but you, when you look at the uh, censorship by YouTube, uh, 29 versus 30 percent. Statistically, there's no difference between those two. Mm-hmm. And 20, 26 to 33, 28 to 27, you know, that's really, really minor differences. They're essentially the same. Anyway, I
0: think anyone that's upset with political bias on YouTube, and I was thinking about this when I was looking through this data, is a complete idiot because you can find someone that will tell you exactly what you want to hear on YouTube. And You might be able to recognize that as bias, but you can find someone arguing the exact opposite. So the site exists as a platform and it really does, I mean, allow just about everyone except for maybe the former president after he tried to overthrow the government. But they allow just about everyone to have a channel. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can get opinions from a broad spectrum of people. So to say that the site itself is biased I think maybe the issue is with you don't know how to use the site because you can get the site to tell you whatever you want to hear. So you're doing it wrong.
1: And that's probably why these percentages are so close to one another.
0: It's the uh, lack of facility of the users, not...
1: It's the users will... In YouTube, the users will be fed what they are interested in Mm -hmm. and that's just how social media works and so whatever they watch uh if if i watch something on on some subject matter the next time i come i'll have a bunch of more uh very very similar uh youtubes Mm -hmm. and i keep watching it and that's why i say there's yeah there's uh if i start looking around i can see that there's a problem but that's true with every single one of these topics. And so the the level of me looking around to see if there's a big problem or a moderate problem or a small problem is going to be pretty much the same no matter what the issue is because not it's not a measure of the population. Maybe it's just a measure of how YouTube does it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: how YouTube feeds that information and those uh, channels to you.
0: And now I think they're going to get into this but censorship will be what a conservative sees as a problem, and misinformation will be what a liberal sees as a problem. And are they saying that it's a problem because they've heard someone else say it's a problem? Or have they observed it as a problem themselves? That's that's another question, right? Do you right. go on YouTube and you see misinformation? Or do you listen to a news report on YouTube that tells you that there is misinformation and it's causing people to to act out in strange ways. Do you go on YouTube and see censorship? Or do you go on YouTube and have someone tell you that with YouTube, censorship is the problem? Well, it's like, well, that person's allowed on YouTube. They're not censoring him. So is it really a problem? (laughs) (laughs) Good point. Okay. Independent YouTube channels covered QAnon conspiracy theories much more frequently than news organizations. Well, I think the jewel in the crown of QAnon coverage we covered on Wednesday, which was Andrew Callahan with Channel 5 and his video about the Q conference. Now, what do you think they're trying to suggest with this? Because I had my own thoughts. I thought that Pew Research was trying to say, since independent channels are more likely to report on QAnon, Independent channels are worse than traditional media outlets. That's what that's what I thought they were getting at, but that might just be my own personal bias. What? How do you analyze this specific stat and chart?
1: Well, a number of ways. The, the implication, first of all, is that the, the independent YouTube channels are more vocal on uh, QAnon, and they'll and they'll say QAnon. They'll use a name. Mm -hmm. Uh, second, they'll use QAnon, uh, because it's a talking point and independent channels can talk about that. They can talk about it in in much more depth than, than other channels. And the other thing that I thought about is the QAnon conspiracy theories. Hey, that's an issue. That's an issue that sometimes the channels exist just because of, uh, conspiracy theories. Mm -hmm. Uh, and and I, I think we talked about this before. I really think that uh, uh, there's not that much difference between independent channels and the other channels. It's just how they say it. Yeah. I think I think it's it's addressed the same, uh, the same amount, but it's addressed differently. And independent channels will say it. It's a QAnon, uh, and uh, the other channels will not really name name it, be as direct in naming it. But there's still talk about it specifically.
0: And of course, this is December 2019. So I feel like there was more open discussion um, after January 6th of this year, 2021, of QAnon. Because, you know, they managed to breach the Capitol. So all of a sudden they became front and center. And then it was like, they're a conspiracy theory, but they're actually out there wreaking havoc in the real world. And the traditional media started covering them. Now, back in 2019... Uh, You could view this as because independent channels are more likely to cover conspiracy theories, independent channels are bad. Or you could view it the opposite way, and Pew Research Center is not telling you how to view this. You could say, one year and six days later, after this study concluded, the conspiracy theorists that the independent channels were warning us about stormed the Capitol. (laughs) <laughs> and so who was providing better news? These independents warning you about QAnon or the news organization channels that said they're not even, even worthy of discussion? Maybe they were worthy of discussion. And if the news organizations were pounding home that these guys are a problem a year earlier, we might not have had a, you know, people running through the halls of the, the capital of the United States. So you could look at it both ways, right?
1: Mm-hmm. That's right. And all all of you re- I just say, it, David all Pew Research is doing is saying these are the numbers that we found mm-hmm. and uh, they have to be careful about uh, all they say. All they say here is independent YouTube channel covered QAnon conspiracy, conspiracy theories more frequently. They didn't say why. Mm-hmm. They'd say the content. And that frequently is just probably is just the percentages is all it is.
0: And they didn't say they advocated the conspiracy theory. They may have no. just described or explained or condemned the conspiracy theory.
1: Or even or even named it by name.
0: Named like it. QAnon. And then, like if you named it and you condemned it, that's the same as if you named it and you promoted it, according to this chart, you know.
1: Or just use a name. Whoa, there's QAnon. Mm-hmm. Boom. They've named it. Uh, or they can say there are uh, para military groups that really, That uh, well, you really didn't use the word QAnon, but you really described it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, the, the other, which now's a good time, I want to also mention, I was thinking about this, is that really all this is doing is talking about percentages and reporting what they saw. Mm-hmm. There's no interpretation, really. Because uh, when they say these things, like independent uh, YouTube channels covered, more frequently than news channels, news organizations. It's how they defined it, and they're just reporting what exists. Mm -hmm. So it's more of a a business intelligence approach. It's not really an analytics approach where you go in and analyze things and predict things and and say this is what's happening within our country, uh, within our news channels. They're not doing that. They're just reporting the the data in statistical form uh, the way they've measured it.
0: I think This is one of the areas where I thought I wish they would have gone further, or I wish they would have sort of undifferentiated their sample of channels. So I would have liked to see a correlation matrix between number of subscribers and your propensity to report on conspiracy theories. If you're closer to the 100,000 mark, are you more likely to report on conspiracy theories? If you're closer to the 10 million mark, or whatever the top subscribed news channel is, are you less likely? So if you're an independent, but you have five or six million subscribers, are you just as unlikely to report on it as a news organization with that? So is it not whether you're news organization or independent, that's the only striation, that's the only variability, but it might just be how big are you? And if you're big, even if you're independent, you're unwilling to report on it. And if you're small, even if you're a news organization, you are willing to report. Do you see what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, or it could be the other way. Mm-hmm. You're right. That They could go deeper. And I think they did have the data. Uh, they just chose. Uh, again, I think also these organizations, you have to be careful how you present the data. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is very uh, bland. It's very uh, just the numbers only, just the data, just the information. Uh, they didn't have statistics to where it impl- uh, implicated different types of interpretations. So uh, the the correlation matrix, she says, oh, there's correlation. So therefore, there's, there's causality. So maybe that's why they didn't do it.
0: I don't know. Or maybe uh, a correlation matrix wouldn't reveal anything. You know, the number of subscri- subscribers you have is uncorrelated to whether or not you report on conspiracy theories.
1: Well, maybe they did have it and they decided not to report it, but that would have been something to do, which is another very interesting thing here. Uh, I don't remember seeing any correlations anywhere. Uh, All they have is just uh, pie charts and bar charts Mm -hmm. and histograms. They really didn't a little bit of Pareto analysis, but they didn't really go into uh, any more depth than just reporting statistics, the the bare uh, information coming at you. Uh, and then saying, "Oh, this has more frequency than this," and they didn't do correlations or regressions or anything else.
0: Mm-hmm. And they might have found some interesting things if they, or if they did. <laughs> I, I, but I'm not knocking the Pew Research Center. I think this is valuable research. It's just okay. This, this is my old adage. Let's move on. Independent YouTube channels are about twice as likely as news organizations to produce videos with a negative tone. Now, what they did was they'd have human coders look through the video, and they would have them take each statement and decide whether the statement was positive or negative. For a news story to qualify as positive or negative, the positive comments had to outnumber the negative ones two to one. That's why 74% is neither positive nor negative for the news organization channels, or 69% for all, nice, 69%. For all YouTube channels, 69% is neither positive or negative. You may say that's hard to believe, but I guess it didn't reach the threshold that they had decided of double the negative comments to positive comments or double the positive comments to negative comments. That's their methodology. Um, Now I wanna say, This is what I pulled out of this, and I might just be, but the negative for all YouTube channels is more than five times, uh, five times larger than the positive stories. For news organizations, it's more than three times larger. And for independent channels, it's more than seven times larger. And I have this old adage, if they're not enraged, they're not engaged. I think a lot of the purpose of uh, media, period, full stop, but also media on YouTube is to present a topic and get you enraged about it. That's why negativity dwarfs the amount of positivity because I think negativity sells. That's my that's my take away from this chart.
1: I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Uh, another takeaway that... that- I thought of when I saw this chart is that independent channels are less constrained by network requirements. That's true. And news organizations might say, uh, just as negative or positive, but they'll say it in such a way, uh, that the coders may, it may not be part of the coders, uh, formula.
0: (laughs) I think that's a very, very good point.
1: And so, but the point on the news organization channels, is that the negative is more than the positive, positive. Mm-hmm. and I think your point is well taken. Across the board, negativity sells. People will perk up and listen and be more inspired. Their their juices get flowing. Their their emotion gets going. Uh, their blood starts flowing when something is negative. And people just something about negativity people get a rise out of it uh, but uh, positivity uh, they don't at least in news and I'm uh, not actually I'm thinking because of that premise maybe because we have been conditioned by news something that's like a a, a, a human interest story we wouldn't consider that news someone who does something dastardly. That's news. Mm
0: -hmm. Something to get outraged about.
1: Something to be outraged about. Something that's reported that is really, really nice. Well, that's kind of nice. But did you hear the news about? And (laughs) then they can be outraged about something else. And I think maybe we have been conditioned over the past, because of negativity, that negativity is more mainline news and defined as news as something that's positive and it's like a human interest story or, uh, you're not going to report on everything that someone did that was really nice. It's true. But you are, you're going to report on something that someone did that was dastardly.
0: I think that also this is just my back of the envelope analysis and it may not be true at all, but if you report on someone doing something awful and it outrages you, you say, I can't believe they did that. And then you keep reading the news. If you report on a story that's positive, you say, "Wow, that's inspiring. I want to go out into the world and make a difference myself." And that's not what news organizations want you to do. They don't want you to go out in the world and make a difference yourself. They want you to keep your eyes glued to their content and continue to be outraged. So I think it's a it's a feedback loop a little bit. That's just my dime store philosophy. I don't know if that's true, but
1: I well, I've often thought that the reason they they want report the reason they report negativity there's is, is, is a little bit of a self, uh, uh, self-reflection self saying, wow, look what they did. I would never do that. I'm a better person than they are.
0: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and
1: this somebody did something best, oh, wow. You know, they're better than I am. I would, I, I've never done that. Oh, I feel so bad. So if you make people feel good, People will listen. If you make people, people feel bad or or ashamed that they didn't do as good as this other person, oh my goodness, you know. And I think that, again, uh, we are so competitive in the United States that the negativity uh, sells because that just means, hey, uh, we're better than they are. Mm-hmm. And that may be another view on it. Okay. okay the,
0: they finally got we, into the content. Um, Donald Trump made up the biggest chunk of news videos and were viewed by more people. Um, That's the next chart. That's not that surprising. Um, No. So if the president appeared as the topic of a video, they would get more views than if any other topic was chosen. Now, this is a fascinating breakdown of... A quarter of all YouTube news focus on Trump. That's just one guy. So it sort of begs the question, what is the news? If the news is everything that's happening everywhere, and one quarter of your coverage is on one guy, but then you look at their Pareto chart. Trump administration, congressional Democrats, public figures, 2020 Democratic candidates, government, congressional Republicans, average person, media. How much of the news is focused on I would say, federal-level U.S. politics. Congressional Democrats, congressional Republicans, 2020 Democratic candidates, most likely for uh, president. Uh, Government, that would probably most likely be the federal government. The federal government plays an outsized role in the news compared to the role that it plays in your life. And I've always believed this. And this, this chart confirms that for me. Well,
1: uh, let me ask you a question about this chart, David. When I see the left side, like you say, it was a, it's a Pareto chart where they have the highest frequencies to the lowest frequency. Uh, and then they match that on the right-hand side with the average number of views.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And notice the pattern of exponentially decreasing or the the decreasing pattern doesn't fit it doesn't it doesn't carry over and notice the views are pretty much consistent although average number of views is consistent from the top to the bottom
0: to me I, it's fairly consistent i wouldn't say i mean a 2020 democratic presidential candidate would get less than half the views of a video about the trump administration
1: but then the government is 161 uh, congressional republicans is 219 so that's average person 30%
0: 31. 30% less than a video about the Trump administration you know average person is a roughly half of the views that would i mean 50% is a significant drop off right i think the chart itself i think is a little wonky in sort of showing the differences between the two because well know, what i
1: see on the what i see on the right hand side is the uh, what people look at Mm -hmm. is not the same pattern as what people show. Yeah. The left-hand side is what they show. The right-hand side is what they actually look at. Like, they only show uh, the uh, congressional Republicans only 7% of the time. Mm -hmm. But they'll look at it an average of two hundred and nineteen thousand views.
0: Yeah. So why isn't that second? Why aren't so why isn't that why, why don't aren't they show
1: that why don't they show that second?
0: Yeah, why why don't they do more videos about congressional Republicans than congressional Democrats?
1: So the left hand side is what they what is what these uh the different uh sources show. The right hand side is what the people are watching.
0: Mm-hmm. But maybe but it, doesn't, what to me people, it didn't match up. But maybe what the people are watching should not dictate what you program. What you program should be dictated by the events on the ground.
1: Well, I guess back to the definition of what is news.
0: <laughs> yes. I like and I think for me, news is more than just what happens in the federal government in America. And I think <laughs> that people have boiled down the, what is news. News is what the president does and what the Congress does. And it's like There's way more to life than that. There's way more going on in your community. There's way more going on in your state than whatever Donald Trump said that made you mad this morning, you know? Um, And I think it's fascinating that if you look at the top channels, I think to get 100,000 subscribers and to be in their criteria of 377 channels, you are more likely or most likely to... Be a station or a channel, YouTube channel that reports on federal politics. So I think it's difficult to become a hundred thousand-subscribed channel if you're talking about whether or not they should put a traffic light at J Street and 44th Avenue. You know, uh, if you're doing local Wheat Ridge politics, you know, do you think the mayor should apologize for his comments? To the board at the city council meeting last week, you're not going to get a hundred thousand subscribers for that, but you can f- with the hype cycle of the federal government.
1: Well, to me, uh, more news would be like, you know, Amazon is making a decision to do this with this type of delivery.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, are these supply chains are starting to create more security, so we have. We're not going to. We can't have any type of cybersecurity breaches anymore, uh, or our our water system is going to be much more secure now, and and it's not going to start leaking, you know, lime here, the or leaking lead. Uh, so there's so many things that that are oh good, and also what is news? It's something you should know, or something that's going to going to spur you to action. Yes, or would say, uh, uh, bolster you as a, a uh, responsible citizen. I need to know that because I that, that puts a responsibility on me to be a good citizen. Mm-hmm. Let's see what the government does. Does it really matter? Uh, we're going to be recipients of it. It really does matter. But does it matter in the sense that there's something we have to do about it? Well, we can vote, but then is it going to change our daily lives? You know, uh, it could, it could affect us significantly. It may not affect us. And if it does affect us, then fine. But the point is, is what is news mm-hmm. and how things do we talk about that people want to listen to? Like if, if, if they're hurting and they're not paying their bills and they don't have money, uh, do they really care what's happening in Congress? Unless it, unless it really helps them with their paycheck and put food on the table and feed their children.
0: Yeah. But I will say also, this was the month that this was the month that uh, the first, because Trump got impeached t- twice. Um, the first time for offering a quid pro quo with Ukraine, and then the second time, of course, for orchestrating uh, a potential overthrow of the government. Uh, he got found innocent both times by the Republicans in the Senate. But the first time that he got impeached for um, asking for dirt on his political rival from a foreign com- country. That's when this uh, was made. So the main story was he's getting impeached. So that's why you see congressional Democrats, because they're going after him. So that was, that was the story at the time. Um, so moving on. Oh, next page. We made it to the end of the first page. Just 11 more to go. <laughs> um, that was actually, that was most of the takeaways. Okay. But... I, let's see here, a quarter of U.S. adults get news from YouTube, we covered that one before, but they're equally as likely to get it for opinions, views, and social commentary as they are for information and facts. That goes back to what you're saying, what is news? And I think that knowing the facts, a lot of people would say that's the most important aspect of news, but news is also entertainment. Selling ads against your programming is the goal of a news organization as much as informing the populace. And I think having people with wild opinions, with wild views, with wild social commentary that develop a following, people like an independent YouTuber that says speaks their mind, or people like Rachel Maddow or Tuckler Carlson, that gets people to come back. They form sort of a bond or a personal relationship with the person and their specific set of ideals and commentary. And so half of all viewership is for opinions, views, and social commentary. I will also say this is a self-report. People are reporting what they get out of it. I think many of the people in this group would be unable to differentiate between information and facts, and opinions, <laughs> views, and social commentary. <laughs> uh,
1: I love you. I love that you said that, David, because <laughs> I totally disagree with this percentage. I, I I'm sure this is what they measured, but down deep, I am. I am very, very sure that the population of the United States, everybody, mostly listens to opinions, views, social commentary, and a majority of that's going to be negative mm-hmm. than information and facts. Uh, so much of what we hear today is just, don't confuse me with the facts. This is my opinion. And I, that's kind of like a trend that we see. Uh, in the United States and across the, the world, the globe, that that's just human nature. They they just need to believe in something. And I I, I just don't think it's this close. Mm-hmm. I, just, I just can't believe that it's this close. I just think it's the left, the opinions, views, and social commentary. I think this is self-reporting. Yeah, they say, oh, I just want the information. This is, okay. Well, if someone looking at them, viewing them, just say no you're there for the opinion views, and and, and commentary and that's even negative commentary
0: mhm um
1: i said, i believe
0: okay we we've already seen this this graph so oh they're going over okay this is um interesting on a self report um Conservative, moderate, liberal. It looks like more liberals use YouTube than conservatives, which is fascinating to me. Why do you think that is? I'll give you my opinion after you give yours your opinion.
1: Well, uh, let me see here. Half of YouTube users, consumers, say they use, is politically moderate.
0: Oh, they're saying what are they seeing? Yeah, this isn't how do they they don't identify themselves as a conservative or a moderate or a liberal. They're saying when you see a video, would you label it as this? Right. Okay, I I have an opinion on this now, now that I know what the graph is showing.
1: Yeah. Again, those percentages are all pretty darn close to one another. I don't I don't see anything that's jumping out at me.
0: But the liberals are t- twice as high as the conservatives. That's that seems significant to me. And this is why I think that is. Because to a liberal, the news, ABC, NBC, CBS is moderate. But to a conservative, the news, ABC, NBC, CBS is liberal. The only thing that's moderate is conservative. That's why I think you have the numbers the way they are.
1: Well, that's a very good, that's very good. I, I kind of agree with that. But to, I guess with my statistical background, uh, because I'm a statistician, uh, these numbers, are to me, may be significant, but they're not, they're not that big. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it was 10 to 40, yeah. But I think the sample size here is 377. Uh, that's a pretty large sample size, and I'm sure they're statistically significant. But no, it's the
0: 12,600 still- 12, people that repeated the, that completed the survey. Oh, okay. This is the impressions of the viewers that they sampled. They gave them a oh, survey. Oh,
1: this is 12,000. Oh, then that's that's. A, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes. I'm mixing up the numbers. Because
0: the, yeah. the, ch- the channels themselves, they did analysis on the channels, but they also had 12,600 people complete a survey. And this I is from so. them. And once again, I mean, there's no... I think
1: your, your point is well taken, David.
0: There's no way to tell like any of those individual 12,600 people what they consider moderate, liberal, or conservative. So what are you really measuring? You're measuring someone's sort of internal definitions... And for every single person, they might be different. So I'm not sure that what you get is all that useful in the end. I agree. Moving on. Oh, this is interesting. Demographics. Much more male than female as far as YouTube viewership goes. And then it's comparing it to the U.S. population. And sort of predictably, younger, more than older, get their news from YouTube. Um, The... Demographics of education look relatively in line with the demographics of the population, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, fascinatingly enough, uh, I would say these fewer white people than the population of white people get their news from YouTube, and more Hispanics than the population of Hispanic people get their uh, news from YouTube. How do you feel about those two statistics? Because the black is a wash, don't you think? The black is 14% are new to YouTube news consumers versus 12% of the population.
1: Yep, that's pretty close. But, uh, yeah, the Hispanic is more.
0: And white uh, white is less?
1: And white is less. Interesting. Yep.
0: Um, now, this is fascinating. I have
1: no, I, I have no immediate takeaway.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh, Democrat or lean Democratic, Republican, lean Republican. It looks, you know, 54 to 41. And, I mean, we're talking three percentage points. It ends up being uh, six, because it's three on either side, but 51 to 44. Um, It's fascinating. There there are a majority of Democrat or or lean Democratic in this country. So when the majority of the country, of the coverage is Democratic, is that biased? (laughs) Or is it just a reflection of the population? Do you see what I'm saying? Yep. Um, It's like you need to give equal time to to Republicans. It's like, but they're only 44% of the population. Maybe you should give 44% of the time to them. Uh, I don't know how much water that argument holds, but...
1: Or equal time to the... uh paramilitary people who are trying to overthrow the government.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um,
1: And they would, they have an outcry, you know, like you're trying to censor us.
0: Okay, this is user behavior and it's self-reported user behavior. I think it would be fascinating if the survey respondents gave Pew Research access to their accounts and they could actually get, instead of self-reporting, they could get hard data on how they access this stuff. But... That's just me. Um, I know how robust YouTube's analytics are. Okay. Fewer than half of YouTube news consumers say they are loyal to a few shows, people, or channels. Um, And a similar share say they pay a lot of attention to who created the videos they watch on YouTube. I don't have an immediate takeaway from that. I'm just sort of surprised. I thought that YouTube was sort of a loyalty thing. But I guess it's not, necessarily.
1: Well, there again, I'm sure the statistics, of the data bears these percentages out. Yeah. But uh, again, I, I kind of disagree with them because I think, again, the way YouTube does it, they'll feed you uh, they'll f- feed you uh, um, uh, videos that you're interested in. Then they're going to show you something you're not interested in. Yes. And so it appears to you, that you know you'll uh, whatever comes up you'll watch whatever that's fine, but then whatever comes up they feed you what you're likely to want to watch.
0: Mm-hmm. And that gets into our next one. Most YouTube news consumers occasionally watch the news videos recommended by the site's algorithm. Yes, on occasion, sixty-seven percent. Yes, regularly, eleven percent. No, they don't watch the algorithmically recommended ones, and they say the recommendations are at least somewhat good. Um, very good, somewhat good, somewhat bad. Now, I think that people also are unable to tell when they're being algorithmically recommended a video. So, on the sidebar of YouTube, let's just open up a YouTube.
1: Oh, you'll and we'll see what you watch at what you. Oh, this is the
0: Sons of Sequoia. So there we are live. We have some of the stuff we've been reporting on, but yeah. Um. What if we just looked up Fox News? Fox News. Okay, now we have Ted Cruz from five hours ago on Fox News. I click on this. And let's, okay, let me uh, just get rid of ourselves in the shot real quick so we can see that all of this is algorithmically suggested. Okay. Boom, boom, boom,
1: boom, boom. There they
0: are. Fox News, yep. Fox News, Forbes, Breaking News. Okay, so it's not all Fox News. Fox News, Fox News, Fox News, Fox News. I think that people are, are unable to, they don't realize that this is all ag- algorithmically served to you. So I think some of these people that are saying, yes, on occasion, I'll look, don't realize that everything that appears in front of their face.
1: Hold on, David. The third one down. Go back to the top. Okay, that one there. Forbes breaking news. I say, okay. Uh, well, that's something different, you know. That's something different. Probably not. It's probably along the same topics that all those others in Fox News are talking about. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's probably the data that support, uh, and also that's. Um, is that the, uh, well, whatever the article, whatever they're talking about there, it's probably talking about the issues that Fox News is talking about. Yes. That's all I want to say.
0: So, yeah, I mean.
1: So, so yeah, it is. That is where the percentages come in. Oh, but I, th- some, I s- Somewhat. Sometimes
0: I look at something different. I, but when you look at something different, it's what's being fed to you. But I think that a lot of people may just think autoplay. Whatever autoplay is next, that's what the algorithm's choosing but this is what I get to choose right here on the right-hand column of YouTube. But really, the algorithm is choosing those videos for you as well. I don't think that you're going to search something in this bar, then when the videos over stop, come back and search something in the bar again and find a completely different video. I think that a lot of people use this when they're watching the news to get the headlines. And it's algorithmically served to you to sort of uh I think there's a Bayesian approach that 's like it converges on what your exact preferences are and it's telling you exactly what you want to hear that 's what how all social media works right
1: right and if you instead of Fox News if you hit c n n news you'll have a different sidebar
0: yes so let's let's try that Of course, now my search history is tainted by the fact that I just searched Fox News, so that plays into the algorithm of what they decide to serve me c n n news though, and we'll my now we have Fox News, MSNBC, CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, Fox News, Forbes, uh, Seth Myers, Forbes, CNN. So now, since I searched Fox News and then I searched CNN, it's taking into account the fact that I searched for Fox News and adding that into my algorithmic search. Now, when we get back to the study, I don't think people are that sophisticated. I don't yeah. think they really know what's going on. So if you ask them to self-report, they have no idea what they're talking about. Um. Maybe well, you, they do. Maybe.
1: Well, you mentioned Bayesian. Uh, so you go to Fox News, and all of a sudden they're all Fox News. You go to CNN, and there's CN- There's Fox News, CNN. Mm-hmm. But if you did CNN, 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 CNN 10 times, then you might get one, maybe no Fox News then. That's true. Because you're going to be converging, it, it doesn't all. Of a, it doesn't just go to one place or the other. It converges to what the the mainstream is, and the mainstream is what you're clicking on and what you're interested in, and what the the viewer chooses. What the viewer chooses is what you focus in on, uh, in, in a Bayesian manner.
0: Yes, I I think that's true. So every result plays the, into. Uh, because the,
1: alg- the algorithm maximizes the, the, either the clicks or the view time, or they have different metrics. Mm-hmm. They want to maximize that. And the way to maximize that is keep feeding them something that they're interested in. And people are interested in different things, so we don't know what people are interested in. All we know is what the clicks are mm-hmm. and what they choose to do. And then the more those sidebars are being clicked, then that goes into more. They're going to give you the same stuff. Yeah. I guess. I guess I've explained it in more detail, but, uh, but, uh, people don't understand that.
0: I don't think they do, and I think that they're like on occasion I'll let it autoplay to the next one, but most of the time I pick my video from the right hand side. It's like, that's the algorithm telling you what to pick. You know, it's mm-hmm. the illusion of choice. That's because you do get to choose which video, but the videos you get to choose from are selected by the algorithm. And I'm not sure that people understand that. What do you call this type of graph?
1: <laughs> oh, let's say News consumers who rely heavily on the site for news more like a go there for facts than opinions. Oh, wow. What's going on here? Yeah, I thought I read this, but I don't remember this graph.
0: This was a different section that we didn't cover. Okay. I don't. I this is too confusing for me. I say it's not even worth figuring out. Let's move on. <laughs> news videos are helpful and largely accurate, according to those who get their news there. Are largely accurate. Seventy-three percent help them better understand current events. Sixty-six percent. Now, I think the algorithmic aspect of sort of feeding you something in line with your preferences causes these numbers to be what they are, right?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Again, Uh, yeah.
0: I I would say that this is true. YouTube news consumers say access to sources outside the mainstream commentary make YouTube news unique. Um, So that's kind of true, but also the access to the mainstream outlets as well. So to have them all in one place, I think that's what makes it unique.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If you subscribe to whatever, timpool.com, TimCast, that's all you're getting. But on YouTube, you can get TimCast and David Man next to each other. Um, most YouTube consumers do not see major problems with getting news from the site. Okay. I mean, that makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Partisan differences on whether censorship, misinformation, or harassment are very big problems with YouTube. So censorship by YouTube is the biggest problem according to Republicans. Limiting ad revenue for video creators, that's a (laughs) wash. Political bias is a bigger problem for Republicans than Democrats. Misinformation is a much bigger problem for Democrats than Republicans. And harassment is a bigger problem for Democrats than Republicans. I think this is what you would expect, but I'm glad that they did the work and sort of teased this out of the data.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. This is pretty much what you would expect.
0: So does this mean, do you think, of course, the numbers are very close, but... Because censorship is the biggest issue, do Republicans care more about censorship by big media platforms than Democrats do about misinformation on big media platforms? Since this number is higher than this number, the thirty-eight is higher than the thirty-four.
1: Uh, my feeling is no. Understand what that means? <laughs> it's relative. It's relative. The the censorship by YouTube at the top. The 38% for Republicans and the 22% for Democrats, that's just relative to that one topic. Mm-hmm. I think he, I don't think it can go between topics. I think the relative difference within a topic is, is, is much more important than between topics. It's important between topics, but not as much.
0: Yeah. So no. the, two, the two biggest differences are censorship, that's a Republican issue, and then misinformation, which is a Democrat issue.
1: Right. right. And so for, yeah, for the Republican issue, it goes from 22 to 38. For this, for the uh, Democratic issue, it goes from
0: 24
1: to 34. Yes. So it's 10% difference, where the other is what? Uh, Six, 16%. 16, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see that as, as a significant finding. But what is significant is the topics. I think the topics are, are the important thing. Censorship by Republicans because they, they want to say what they want to say. Mm-hmm. Misinformation by Democrats saying people are saying things that are wrong. Yes. And, and that's pretty interesting if, it, if you just frame it that way. Well, I want to say what I want to say, and the other side says, I don't like people saying things that are wrong.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Let's fact check what you say. No, don't fact what I ch- say. Don't confuse me with the facts. I want to say what I want to say.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, and... The funny thing is that it's not censorship, A, uh, because YouTube's a private platform, and misinformation is not against, specifically, is not against YouTube's terms of service. If you're doing it as satire or parody or, you know, you can provide misinformation on YouTube. Now, they do have explicit terms of service that if you violate, they'll take down your channel. But that's not censorship. That's, via, that's breach of contract on the part of the creator. That's that's how I see it anyway. Um it's against your rules. Yes. It's like you go
1: it's like you're going to a grocery store and you say, you know, I'm hungry. So I want to take this candy bar and I wanna eat it, but I don't want to pay for it. it says, you can't do that. Oh, you're you're denying me the ability to eat something. It says, Yes, because you have to pay for it. It's against the law it's against it's against the rules they say no uh you're denying me my rights to eat and they say no you are you're violating the rules here yeah you know and so one is like no that that's wrong that's you're wrong that's not the same thing uh it's just it's it's apples and oranges that they're going back and forth
0: yes I'm, again it's it's the neg- negativity i have a more um childish example it's like okay. you go into a grocery Probably better st- it's like you go into a grocery store uh-huh and you go to the one of the checkout aisles and you jump up on the conveyor belt and you take a dump right on the conveyor belt all of a sudden next thing you know you're getting kicked out and you say well i thought this was america i thought i had free speech i thought i had that's that's just my free speech why am i being censored by kroger Uh, Why is Kroger censoring me? And it's like, because you can't take a dump on the conveyor belt. Like, it's the same thing with YouTube. You can't come into their store and take a dump on the conveyor belt and expect not to get kicked out. Um, It's it's common courtesy, right? Well, they have rules. (laughs) Yeah, there's rules.
1: They have rules. And they let people say what they want to say. As long as you don't violate their rules. It's their channel, for crying out loud.
0: Yeah, they're they're the ones that are hosting your videos. They're providing the infrastructure for our, for our podcast and for, for your videos. So if they that's chose true. to take this down because we violated their rules, we don't really have much say in the matter. Right? If that's YouTube, right. If we violate YouTube's rules and they chose to take this down, we probably shouldn't have violated their rules. I, I That's... I know that people depend on YouTube for mass communication, but you have to understand that YouTube is its own entity and they can operate the way they want. And you're really taking advantage of a lot of services that they provide when you broadcast on YouTube, like we do every Monday, Wednesday and Friday at 9am.
1: Yeah. But it's like going into a store and saying, I want to do this. No, it's against the rules. Well, no, I want to do it anyway. You should not prevent me from doing it. Mm-hmm. It's like coming into your home <laughs> and saying, this is what you need to do for me. He says, no, get out of my home. Oh, you're censoring me. He says, this is my home. He mm-hmm. says, you can't come in here and tell me what to do. You know, get out. And so we do have rules, okay? And, uh, well, what's what we're saying? Even I don't know, this is a different subject, but uh, anyway. I don't want to go. I don't want to go there with rules. Okay. But the point I, I see that is here. One is misinformation. The other is censorship. Mm-hmm. It depends on where you sit. Yeah. Um.
0: I. The thing is, is this blue misinformation the same as this red line? I kind of feel like there's a lot of overlap there. Right.
1: What do you mean overlap? What do you mean?
0: The misinformation that Democrats are concerned about turns into the censorship that republicans are concerned about
1: oh yeah it's
0: it's the same thing um
1: yeah i mean we've seen that the last uh for for many many years on the on youtube uh where someone challenges you with the facts and they go i don't i don't want to this is you can't uh, do that and you can't you can't do that (laughs) can't do that uh, what I say is is what you have to believe. Mm-hmm. Because no, yeah. Anyway,
0: um, YouTube consumers are equally likely to often get sites from news outlets and independent channels.
1: This is interesting. I like this a lot. That what is news? It's what someone else said about the news. Uh huh. <laughs> oh geez, like uh, there was another graphic too where it had all these percentages.
0: Of, yeah, that's in that's in part two. That's in the next page. Okay, but the thing of it is, is that yeah, we're talking about that. Like,
1: well, if the news, if the YouTube news consumers uh, often get their news from other news outlets, then where does the news originate?
0: Yeah, that's in the next page where the media is the number one source. Oh, okay. Um, Before we move to the next page, should we just go long today? (laughs) We're already long. We're
1: we're already there.
0: Okay. Um, This is the topics that were covered um, in the month that they studied the news. Uh, It's fascinating. I mean, I could explain it to you, but you'd have to look at the chart to get an idea of
1: it's a bar chart, and there's there's a bunch of different topics, and the frequencies, the percentages are all over the place.
0: Mm-hmm. So let's move on to the two. Next page. This is what we were going to do. We were just going to do this today. Okay. Now we're an hour yes. and 15 minutes in.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is what I read.
0: Yes. Yeah. So this is Galen Stocking, Patrick Van Kessel, Michael Barthel, Katerina Eva Matza, and Maya Kuzam's research A closer look at the channels producing news on YouTube and the videos themselves. Now, it uh, goes a little bit more into the methodology, which we've already covered. Um, Okay, we've seen this already, the the 42, 49, 9. That's 42% watch independent channels, 49% are news organizations, and 9% are other organizations. More than 4 in 10 YouTube news channels are oriented around a specific personality. Now, I would argue that a lot of non-personality-driven channels are driven by personalities. There's just more than one. So Fox News is driven by Laura Ingram, Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity. MSNBC may be driven by Lawrence O'Donnell and uh, Rachel Maddow. Uh, CNN may be driven by Ari Melber and Chris Cuomo. Uh, or maybe not for long with Chris Cuomo. But uh, but there's multiple personalities. Um, so I do feel like they're personality-driven, just not singular personality-driven, if that makes sense. Yes, it does to me. And we've already talked about that a little bit. Um, I think you're right. Oh, this is interesting. An overwhelming majority of YouTube news channels do not describe themselves in, or, in ideological terms. Yeah. So 4% describe themselves as left leaning, 8% describe themselves as right leaning. News organization channels are 4% and 4%, that they explicitly describe themselves as having an ideological bent. This is the interesting thing in the other organizations. So if we go back to this earlier pie chart, um, 9% of the top 377 channels were other organizations. 49% were news organizations and 42% were independent. If we go back to look at the, the other organizations, 14% of those describe themselves as right-leaning, 0% describe themselves as left-leaning. That's fascinating, don't you think? Yep. Um, yes. So more, more channels are likely to explicitly describe themselves as right-leaning But I think that the news organization channels, and this is sort of plays into what you were saying about the positive and negative stories. The news organization channels had very few explicitly, or less than independent channels, explicitly positive or negative stories. And I think that's, you don't explicitly say, we're Fox Republican news. And you don't say (laughs) we're MS Democrat news, MSNBC Democratic news. You don't say those things if you are a news organization. But the proof is in the pudding, and most of your analysis and opinion lean in in one direction. But you don't say it because you're a news organization, right?
1: Yeah. Well, going back to that other graph of censorship versus misinformation, Mm -hmm. with a right-leaning and left-leaning, if you start putting those two together, if you can say whatever you wanna say, whether it's fact-checked or not, you're gonna be right-leaning. (laughs) <laughs> if you want to fact check things, you will be left leaning, and so I don't know if that's true or not. But my point is, the statistics really lead you to a lot of conclusions, a lot of a lot of relationships that raise questions. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a in- very interesting uh, uh, right left question, very interesting question. And the statistics is again are just small percentages, uh, but uh, they are. Uh, pretty significant, zero to 14%, 4% to 13% for independent channels, where 4% left leaning, 13% right leaning. Most of them are right leaning.
0: Yes. Uh, the ones that specifically describe themselves as conservative, Republican, or pro Trump. And uh, only 4% explicitly describe themselves as liberal, progressive, or Democratic. Fascinating. Right. Yeah. Um,
1: for Popularity. And ten- It's a popularity contest.
0: Four in ten YouTube news channels ask their viewers for donations. That's either through Patreon, YouTube membership, cryptocurrency, or PayPal. Maybe we should uh, start a Sons of Sequoia PayPal and say, hey, if you're listening to this, give us some money. Um, Wouldn't be that hard to set up. So, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Independent creators, they get money directly from their audience. Mm -hmm. I think that that's the next chart. See, only 14% of news organizations solicit donations. 71% of independent channels solicit donations. Now, I think that, that the independents, though, so the news organization, their revenue model is B2B. Like, you know, CNN, MSNBC we will sell ads against our content. And so our revenue comes from a business. And then we'll give that content to consumers for free. Um because the money comes on the ads we sell against it. Whereas independent channels, of course, if you have over 100,000 subscribers, you're running ads on your YouTube videos, but independent channels will ask their viewers for donations. And I think the result of that is there's more of a personal connection to your independent news source because you've given them money. You sort of become bought in. It's fascinating to me.
1: Mm -hmm. Or you send them money because uh, you're bought into the news that, Mm -hmm. that you're given.
0: Okay, the table. Nearly all news channels reach their audiences on multiple platforms. This is I found this one fascinating. So, I, I
1: didn't I didn't understand this table.
0: So, news organizations, they're on all the social medias. Independent channels, they're on most of the social medias. Now, news organizations are 96% of them have a website. The fascinating thing is that if you're an independent, only 41% of independent channels have a website so you could have a youtube channel with a hundred thousand followers you have a facebook you have an instagram you have a snapchat you have a twitter you have a linkedin but you don't have your own website so a lot of independent creators don't see the value in creating their own website now this is fascinating news organization channels and independent channels they have podcasts at 13 percent. that's that's kind of interesting don't you think one uh uh, 13 percent they it's fascinating that that's uh another and then of course news organization channels are the only ones would have, that would have developed a mobile app
1: mobile app because they have the ability, yeah
0: mm-hmm. yeah
1: um it just shows yeah
0: so i think that if you're an independent creator you're everywhere but i think a lot of them don't want to maintain a website themselves. So they'll just allow the social media platforms to be their their voice, where they can be found. Okay, about a third of the most viewed YouTube news videos from December 2019 were about Trump's impeachment. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, we could get into this, but it's too much information to sort of talk about. Um, Independent channels covered QAnon conspiracy theories much more frequently than news organizations did. We've talked about this already. This is sort of a repeat, right?
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Mm-hmm. A quarter of all videos studied focused on President Trump. That's a lot.
1: That was back in 2020. That would be the same graph today.
0: No, December of 2019. But still, the news organizations, one-fourth of their content was about one guy. That's pretty insane to me because there's more than one person in the world. Here's the negative positive chart again, we've already seen this, so we can sort of glaze over it. Um, Oh, here's what you were talking about. The types of sources cited in um, YouTube news. So the number one source that's cited in YouTube news is the media. And I was explaining this last night, it's like if the Washington Post gets a scoop, all of the news channels will report on the Washington Post reporting. So their source for the scoop is the media. Um, Now, I think it's fascinating. News organizations, they'll talk to a prominent Republican, prominent Democrat, other government officials, expert, social media, average person. They'll do a poll. They'll talk to a public figure or other. And that's the Pareto analysis that goes down. Um, I think it's fascinating that independent channels and news organizations rely on other media's reporting to get their sources So they're not really doing their own reporting. They're reporting on reporting. And that's more than half of what you see. Right?
1: Yes, it is. And uh, to me, this contrasts with what we talked about on Wednesday with Channel 5 and uh, with uh, Andrew Mm Callahan. That he didn't get it from other channels. He went to the actual source. Yes. And he let the source talk. And then you heard exactly what they were saying. So that news, uh, and he probably wouldn't be, he wouldn't probably, he probably wouldn't even be classified as a news channel.
0: Because not all of his videos are news. No. They would say, oh, the pickup artist convention he went to, that's not news. So he's less than 50% of his content is news or whatever, you know? And I think that he's a great journalist.
1: But then my question is, why isn't that news? That's information.
0: I think it's just they have to, they're trying to examine a phenomenon. And that phenomenon is news on YouTube. They have to codify it somehow. And the way that they put guardrails on what is news excludes him, even though he might be the most real newsman.
1: That's my point. Yeah, That's my point. How can you say that what he does is not news? Because that's something that he's giving information
0: Mm -hmm.
1: about something that's actually happening about uh, about the world and uh yeah you a news is only news if you report things that you choose that's popular
0: yes and we've reached the end of the findings yeah so so do you have any like wrap up
1: uh yeah it's time to i guess we could you know how long we've been here david hour and a half hour and a half yeah you know what i think what i think if we went to page 3 we can go another hour and a half probably because when we start talking it it's just we go back and forth and it it raises more questions than answers
0: uh-huh and there's a lot i mean shout out to the pew research foundation or whatever it's called pew research center pew research center and the authors of this report stocking van kessel barthel Ava matza and kuzam um they did rigorous work Now, the funny thing is, when someone publishes rigorous work, you wish they would have done more work, or you wish they would have done their work slightly differently. Now, they did what they did, and I'm glad that this exists in the world. I'm glad that this information is out there. Some of it is very expected. Some of it is somewhat expected, just according to my own personal biases. But I think that the rigor with which they undertook this endeavor, I think, is a noble endeavor. Now, what you learn is not earth-shattering. It's not groundbreaking, but... I'm glad that it exists that someone's done this work.
1: Actually, I my shout out positive. I have a positive statement with Pew this research, uh, because what they did was fine, was good. Uh, anything, when you start doing these kinds of studies and analysis and reporting and statistics, there's always gonna be something you can you can complain and criticize and 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 review and and uh, 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 Identify that could be done better, but I think you should also recognize what they did do and I appreciate what they did. I think what they did was a good job and I think uh, that uh, this kind of stuff should be done more Uh, and uh, they they uh, what they're doing is a service. Yes, so I uh, so I, I think it's fine. I think it's fine. There's no way that you can do a perfect job when you start working with statistics.
0: Yes. And they, they, I think that this is, it's useful. I could be more useful, but it's useful. And it's like everything else in the world. It's like, why didn't you focus on the things that I want you to focus on? It's like, because they were focusing on what they focused on. So, I mean, kudos to them. I think that I'll leave it at that and start wrapping up. I'm going to play the outro music and say that this has been the Sons of Sequoia podcast. Uh, we're available on YouTube Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 9 a.m. And wherever you get your podcasts. My name is David Harper. My co-host has been my father, Michael Harper. Do you have anything to say before we sign off? Santa Sequoia says, Keep
1: on talking, but listen more than you talk and try to understand what the other person is saying. Goodbye.